Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Just need a little Drake in the morning, you know what I mean? This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette hanging Yo. out with you on a Wednesday. It's Wednesday, right? Don't ask me what day of the week. I think it's Wednesday. No it's idea. It's like the week between Christmas and New Year's where you're like not sure what day of the week Just it is. Just trying to get to 2021, people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's get out of this year. When I saw on Monday someone posted on social media, it's the final Monday of 2020, I thought, we have made it. Somebody hit me with something that has really ruined my week, though. Uh, And this is one I I hate to share with you all and ruin yours. Um, But 2021, the year when you say it out loud audibly, 2021. W-O-N. The year 2020, Uh, W-O-N. It didn't win, people. 2020 did not win, all right? 2021 will win. Okay, that's stupid. I know. I didn't like it either. That's so Maybe stupid. I, I did not enjoy hearing it. Yeah, so why did you repeat it? Because I wanted you to see it and dismiss it and make me feel like <laughs> I, sh- I too should dismiss it. Yeah, dismiss and I am. it. We're starting over in 2021. That's right, we are. That's it. Beginning Tuesday, January 5th in 2021, Mike Greenberg begins his show, Greeny, immediately following Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin on ESPN Radio. Greeny will take you inside the stories of the day as only he can. He'll have the newsmakers you'd expect to interact with every single day from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin right into Greeny weekday mornings on ESPN Radio. Okay. So earlier we were talking about where do the Patriots go from here? How soon can they turn this thing around in Foxborough? And more specifically, what's going to happen with Cam Newton? I think we both agree that the future of the quarterback position for the Patriots is currently not on their roster. And I believe that Cam Newton did not get a fair shake in New England. I'm not saying that Bill Belichick didn't give him a fair shake. Just the scenarios he was put in with the roster that he was given um, in a year where, oh, by the way, I didn't even mention this earlier, too. The Patriots had 12 wins last year. This is a first-place schedule they had to play. So this was no easy task at all for Cam Newton. I would I, I would take Cam Newton on a roster again. As a starter, I don't know. As a backup, 100%. I think it would depend on the situation. It you, would have to be a dire one. You know what I always do to you in this situation? Go ahead. When you say, I would take a flyer on him. Okay, you're a Chicago Bears fan. Your quarterback position is, is far from firmed up. Would you take him? Cam Newton is your starting quarterback going into 2021? This. I'll say this because I was nah, – Hold on. Answer the question. I wouldn't quickly say no. I would not quickly That's say not no. That's not an answer. Yes, it is. No, it's because not. It's a, yes or, no, it's a he, yes or no question. I was pondering this when he was a free agent anyways, and the Bears went and signed Nick Foles, and I thought to myself, you know, I think I'd rather have Cam Newton than Nick Foles. At least he's mobile. If I got down on one knee in Turks and Caicos when I proposed to you that about two flex. years ago, <laughs> yeah. if I would have got on my knee and said, will you marry me? And he said, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say no. <laughs> That's not an answer. It's not the same thing. I'm talking about your and I futures versus a team that I don't it's own. It's a yes future. or no question. Yes, I will spend the rest of my life with you. No, I won't. Yes, I will take Cam Newton as my quarterback in Chicago. Ca- no, I won't. I would take Cam Newton as my quarterback in Chicago. Wow. And you, and you know big- who you are? You're Ryan Pace, capable of making the wrong decision at quarterback. You, the Bears, hire my wife. Put her in your front office. You guys are about as good equally at vetting quarterbacks to lead your franchise. And that's why we hear Sid Luckman's name every damn time the Bears are on national TV. Because he's the last quarterback of any substance, apparently, that's done anything in Chicago. So, yes, bring in Cam Newton. Are you Be yet another jersey that you gift for Christmas to somebody and then have to gift another different name as a Chicago Bears quarterback because it changes every dang year. Are you done? Because I was going to make my point. My point was the biggest question marks I had about Cam Newton coming into this year were more about his durability than his talent because I think we've seen Cam Newton have talent. I think this year, yes, he threw for five touchdowns and ten interceptions. He still had 12 rushing touchdowns. 
And he's still also, let me just remind you, the man had COVID. He was thrust into a situation at the last second. His offensive line had had been rearranged more than double-digit times. He also had no receivers, and he's adjusting to a new system that he is not accustomed to. Was he a problem? No. Did he sit down when he was told and and watch Jared Siddham take over in the fourth quarter to still ultimately lose a game multiple times? Yes. You know who else had no quarterbacks and COVID, or no no wideouts, no options and COVID? Who? Lamar Jackson. And you know what Lamar Jackson's doing? Playing beautiful football here down the stretch and is on the precipice of leading his team to the playoffs. Did- Go ahead with that stuff about no receivers and COVID. Now, what about Mark Andrews? Isn't he on that team? Is he a wideout? He's a tight end. He's a very he's a target. He's a target. He's a catchable. Tight he's end. a target. Okay, uh, let's enough hear, with the excuses. I'm not making excuses. I'm simply telling you facts. And also, the Ravens' defense is far and away better than the Patriots' defense. But no, but I'm saying if and you when got you're talent, behind, show the talent. It's a show me business. You got to produce. And if he's not producing, you've got to look elsewhere. Cam Newton showed this season. It's hard to say. Cam Newton showed he's a backup in this league at this point. That's what he is at this point. Okay, you can believe that. I'm not willing to say that yet. I am not. Playing from behind a lot as the Patriots were because their defense wasn't good and they didn't have a lot of options, he had to throw the football as opposed to use his legs and run it. Were all his throws perfectly accurate? No. Did he look at sometimes like he was lost? Yes, he did. I think my lucky star is that you're a woman that overlooks a man's shortcomings. I think my lucky stars every day that this is how you approach it. I'm very blessed. I am very blessed. (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) Let's hear from Mike Reese. He knows more about the quarterbacks in New England than you and I combined do. Here's Mike Reese on what the Patriots are going to do with the quarterback position going forward. They're probably going to look draft because that's always the the way cost efficiency is, is a good way to go. If you can find the right guy. But if not, maybe there's someone out there in the free agent market or a trade possibility, because there's going to be a lot of moving parts at that position, you'd think, this year across the NFL. And one I would keep an eye on is just Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. If he comes available, remember, he was here initially uh, viewed by some as a succession plan, so that would be one I would keep an eye on. Okay, that was ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese on Greeny yesterday. Um, I wish you embodied the same kind of patience Mike Reese does. I wish I did, too. You kidding me? The way he handles Bill Belichick and all the ways that he knows how to respond and say, like, even just in that answer, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would be a good, such a pleasant tone to his voice. He is. And Jimmy G is my front runner. I mean, that's the first guy I'd look at. If I if I'm New England, yeah, which I get, I totally understand that. Look, I don't think Cam Newton's going to be in New England next year. Let me just be very clear about that. I think he's got a long ways to go in terms of showing the world that he can still be a starting quarterback. I just don't think it's fair after this year and what he's endured and the Patriots have endured to write him off. I don't, I, I, and I will not make excuses for quarterbacks. I will not make excuses for football teams. I don't think it's fair. I, I, I okay, I hear you, but I'm going to talk replacements and and, what, and one of those guys I'll throw out there who I thought, if not mentioned, Jimmy G. I thought Mike was going to say Jameis Winston because oh, you can get Jameis Winston on a cheap. Jameis Winston is a guy, and I almost wonder if New Orleans is not playing him because they don't want his value to 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 to, to skyrocket and he leaves. Because I think the Saints want to keep him there, or maybe they're not playing him because he's not good enough. No, I think they made playing. a promise to Taysom Hill. They paid Taysom Hill handsomely. He got first crack at it. Got I it. think. In my opinion, Jameis Winston has been promised an opportunity to truly start next year for the Saints, and maybe that happens. But if it doesn't, I think that New England would love the opportunity to get a guy on a cheap like Jameis Winston and be able to fix him. Because on that roster, with all those quarterbacks in New Orleans, only one of them has won a Heisman Trophy. 
Only one of them has won a national championship, and only one of them has been a first uh, first pick in the NFL draft. Why do I say that? To say this, he's got talent. He's got talent. He was a victim of a, a high risk, uh, a, a high reward, high risk offense with Coach Arians, and we saw how that translated to a hell of a lot of turnovers. Inexcusable to throw thirty picks. I don't care what offense you're in, but I think the ability for him to learn this year. Under a quarterback like Drew Brees as a backup, but more importantly, under an offensive mastermind like Sean Payton, I think was humbling for him, got him in the proper position. Unfortunately, he hasn't gotten a chance to go out there and show on the field, which is ultimately what he's going to have to do if he wants to get another big payday in this league, which is a lot of reasons why people think he may end up in Cincinnati next year with Joe Burrow out. But if not, I think Bill Belichick would maybe like the opportunity to fix a guy like Jameis Winston and prove it. The other guy, Mitchell Trubisky. Why are we still fixing Jameis Winston? Because he hasn't played football since he showed those 30 picks two years ago. Okay. A year ago. You're over here telling me Cam Newton needs to sit down and be a backup quarterback with 10 picks. Okay, on the season. Five passing touchdowns and 10 picks on the season. I'm a second chance But you're willing to accept Jameis Winston while he's eating a W with 30 picks. Man, he ain't. Come on. He hasn't eaten a W in a year. I mean, come on. That was like three months ago. He's been sitting out. He's been sitting out. He hasn't played this year. We haven't seen what Jameis can do. No. Jameis Winston probably will benefit him most is to go to a place like Cincinnati, low risk, would high you, reward. Would you take Cam Newton in Cincinnati? It's a placeholder for a year. Joe Burrow's coming back. And after, My question after was, after, would you take Absolutely for the year until okay, Joe Burrow good. comes back. So that's where Cam Football Newton Football is then. meaningless in terms of wins and losses for the Bengals next year. It doesn't matter so for what us. do you need Jameis Winston for then? You're not hearing me, Shay. I'm saying Jameis Winston can go out there and play low risk, high reward football. He needs to show that he's changed. That's why he needs to go out there and play in a place like Cincinnati. But I would love for Jameis to be partnered with Bill Belichick in New England. I would love for him to be the guy that replaces Cam Newton. It would make financial sense, and then you could go spend money in other places and then fix him, and then both guys come back. That You got Bill sure. Belichick of the okay. Patriots back. You've got Jameis Winston back. But I do think Jimmy G's a front runner, and I do think, depending on what happens with Mitchell Trubisky, most importantly this week versus the Packers, to settle if he stays in Chicago, or if he too as a dual threat guy would work nicely with Bill Belichick. You're a lot not, of options. You're not Cam Newton's take, not the one. You're not just going to take a cheap quarterback again. That's what they did with Cam. It didn't work out. And I don't know why you're going to take James Winston, a cheap quarterback who needs help, according to you. No way. Who are the five most important players in Week 17? Most impactful players heading into this weekend in must-win game situations. We'll tell you next. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. 
See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L E C T R I C ebikes.com. Sean, Jay, Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN. Shay and Jordan Cornette here filling in, hanging out with you this morning. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin join us on the Goodyear Hotline. If you want to give us a call, you can do that, 888-729-3776, 888-SAY-ESPN, that's 729-3776, because we are asking who are the five most impactful players heading into this weekend's most crucial game. So week 17 in the NFL, because there's an added wild card this year, I feel like so many more games mean something to a lot of these teams, and it's really coming down to this last game, coming down to the wire. So I will let you, my love, go first. I, I kind of made my list in it, guys, that are going to be motivated to go out there and have a big-time impact, Same. too. Yep, like um, and with, obviously, a lot on the line. So I start with the guy coming off the edge of Miles Garrett, an absolute difference maker, a game-changer type player. His ability to get after the quarterback uh, generates takeaways. He's not only good at hitting the quarterback, but strips. He's, he opens that football up, creates opportunities for a short field and scoring opportunities for his offense to really get them going. Ben Roethlisberger ain't playing, and we know how hard it is to take down Ben Roethlisberger. It's now Mason Rudolph. That offensive line for the Steelers allows opportunities for a defense to get home. Miles Garrett is going to make some big-time plays in this one. He's number one on my list. Number okay. two, Mitch Trubisky. Not only are playoff hopes on the line and extending the season – in Chicago versus the Packers. But the quarterback, who has been much scrutinized in his entire career there in Chicago for the four seasons, uh, but especially this year with everything on the line, Mitchell Trubisky has an opportunity to extend his career in Chicago if he plays well here. Puts pressure on them to either franchise tag him or maybe even go so far as to extend him. You're going to drink some Trubisky whiskey if he has a good game this weekend? I think Mitchell Trubisky has an opportunity to go out there and be the most impactful guy. He needs to be be. for Chicago and for himself. He's number two. Number three, John Wolford. John Wolford. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, John Wolford. The new starting quarterback for Los Angeles Rams because of the broken thumb. Jared Goff will not be playing in this one. John Wolford may not have running backs. John Wolford, I don't know what, what he's going to have at the wideout position. There's a lot going on there with these Los Angeles Rams. But there's not a lot of tape on Wolford, and he can really run that thing. And we saw what Jalen Hurts did his first game back, as a, his first game as that starting quarterback for Philly as a dual-threat guy. He was able to go out there and have an impact. He's able to go out there and win the game. Not a lot of tape on him. He was able to have an impact. Wow, is there a lot on the line for the Rams in this one. John Wolford has an opportunity to be that impactful player and lead his team to the most improbable of wins, uh, those Rams, in this one. And, and then extend maybe to getting Jared Goff back in the in the postseason and go out there and win a game. So I've got him at four. Got him at three, excuse me. At four, where are the Titans playing? Let me look here. Titans got uh, – I got you. Go here? ahead. Pick me up. Titans got Houston. Titans at Houston. Mm-hmm. Titans win this game. Titans get to the playoffs. Derrick Henry. Stifled a little bit up in Green Bay in those cold conditions. The run defense from Green Bay played one of its best games all season, answered a lot of questions. Derrick Henry has to get things kick-started. He's the catalyst for everything with the Titans, especially offensively. Derrick Henry's going to have a massive game in this one. A lot on the line. They win, some things happen, they get in. 
I expect him. You could ultimately move Derrick Henry probably to number one on my list. Yeah, and the last time the t- Titans and Texans played, it was a really close game. So t- Titans need to pull away early. In so one. in a close game, you look to your running game to kind of, of break through. He's got to wear down the defense there, and like he always does in that second half, most especially that fourth quarter, Derrick Henry time. King Henry. King Henry. And number five, Chase Young. For all the same reasons I talked about Miles Garrett, the NFC East, who's going to come out of this thing? It's been a fun question. It's been a roller coaster of a question all season long. Washington controls their own destiny with a win here over Philly. Chase Young has been the defensive rookie of the year. He has been the identity of a Washington team that doesn't have much going on except for a defensive identity. He anchors it all. I think him versus Jalen Hurts is going to be a fascinating one to watch here. Yes, Philly's not playing for postseason hopes, but you've got Jalen Hurts trying to show that he's quarterback of the future and Carson Wentz needs to find another home. Chase Young's going to have a lot riding on this one. It's going to make for a long day for Jalen Hurts. I like Chase Young to be my fifth guy rounding out my top five impactful players going into Week 17. A scoop and score for the Washington football team could go a long way if Chase Young could get that done. All right, I like it. I'm kind of in the same vein. I'm going to go with players that are on teams that obviously have to win to get in, and they've got a lot on their shoulders. I'm going to start with Khalil Mack at number one. I've made it clear I'm a Bears Shocker. fan. I'm from Chicago. I'm rooting for my Bears to take down who I think is the MVP in uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers, something they have yet to do this year and yet to do in a long time. Um, happy this game is being played in Chicago, and it's not Trubisky, as you pointed to, that I think needs to have the big game because I think the offense has found their way, so to speak. I think it's the defense. Their last five games, starting with <laughs> when the Bears faced the Packers on Thanksgiving weekend, the Bears have allowed – over 25 points and over 360 yards per game. That is not good, and that's an enormous drop-off in the last two years in terms of what the Bears can do. And so, what can Khalil Mack do? Disrupt another man on the other side of the ball. Get after Aaron Rodgers. Sack, scoop, score. I, I don't care what you, you do. You want him to generate Just, some takeaways. Yes. Do not let Aaron Rodgers make as many completions to Devontae Smith as he did against the Titans, please. So, Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, I'm talking to you guys. Let's get some things done. Number two, I'm staying on the defensive side of the ball, and I'm going to go to Miles Garrett as well, Jordan. Uh, the Browns are in a win and get in situation against the Steelers team who does not have big Ben Roethlisberger under center. Instead, it is Mason Rudolph, who we all know is very familiar with Miles Garrett. While I don't think that necessarily is the storyline, what I do think is Miles Garrett has an opportunity in this game to come out and be a leader on the defensive side of the ball, make nice with, with Mason Garrett, and also prove why he could be considered the defensive player of the year. It is up to him in this one to disrupt that Steelers offense that's trying to get right and disrupt disrupt that run game that they're going to try and figure out in this game. No doubt about it. Number three, I'm going to stay with the Browns and I'm going to go to make Baker Mayfield. And the reason I put two Browns in my top five is because I think of anyone that's trying to get into the playoffs, there might be the most pressure on this Browns team, considering now that there is no Big Ben on the other side for the Steelers. It has been a long time since the Browns have been to the playoffs, 2002, and actually won a playoff game, which was in the 90s, okay? And if you want to be with the big boys, you got to beat them. It comes down to this game. You couldn't take care of business against the Jets. We gave you a pass because you didn't have any of your receivers on a last minute's notice. There's no time for excuses this time. You got to beat the Steelers without a few of their starters, according to Mike Tomlin. At number four, I'm also going to go with John Wolford. He is the starting quarterback for the Rams this weekend, as you mentioned, Jay, because of what is going on with Jared Goff and, and him having surgery on his thumb. 
It is his first NFL start. And what have we seen this year and in years past when it comes to backup quarterbacks coming in late in the season or late in games or in their first start? Normally they are victorious because you just don't have tape on them. You don't know what they're going to do. You know, and you told us, he likes to run. Good. He's a speedster. He's got quick legs. That's great. So maybe he can be mobile because they do not have Cooper Cup. He's on the COVID-19 list. You have a banged-up backfield, as you talked about. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson have sprained ankles. So you're going to need a quarterback that can run and can generate some points. And so, John Wolford, use those legs to your advantage, buddy. I also know that he beat out Blake Bortles for that uh, second-string job. Let's see if you're what you're made of. At number five, instead of going Chase Young, I went t- Taylor Henneke here. I really think at this point it's going to be Taylor Heineke under center. I, I, Alex Smith with that calf injury, I know he was close last week, and then that calf injury was kind of starting to bother him before game time. I don't know why you'd, why you'd risk that situation with him, especially if you do win this game and you go to the playoffs and you need him long term. So, Taylor Heineke, what are you made of, buddy? Because last week you came in and you really gave this offense a spark. And had you started the entire game against the Panthers, perhaps the Washington football team wouldn't be in this win-and-get-in situation. So, you need to be impactful for your entire team. I know we only had five. I did have a 5A. I went against the rules. This is what she does. I always add a little extra. Watch the world. Uh I'm also going to throw Tua Tungavailoa in there because Brian Flores has this untraditional way of handling his quarterback room, and I know there are some Dolphins fans that can't quite understand why Tua is going to be the starter and why they don't just go with uh, Fitzmagic. But Tua is a capable quarterback of coming out and taking care of the football, and there's pressure on him now that there's kind of this debate between him and Ryan of who should be the starter to go out and prove in, again, a must-win situation that he can remain the starter in Miami. So I'm also going to put Tua in there. Should be Fitzpatrick. You know, this is a fun conversation to me because from that list, if you had to handpick the one with the most pressure on him, don't spill your water on. Yeah, I almost like all over the microphone. You, you got white on. That could minute. get really weird here. Not <laughs> yeah. for the radio audience, but the TV audience. Um, and maybe spike ratings. Who knows? Um, who, would you, who would you say has the My most goodness. pressure on them out of this list of 10? Five of yours, five of mine. Although some of them are the same guys. Read yours again. Who has quickly. the most pressure on them? Uh, Miles Garrett, Mitch yeah. Trubisky, John Wolford, Derrick Henry, Chase Young. You have Mac, Garrett, Mayfield, Wolford, Heineke. Yeah, most pressure would be on Baker Mayfield. I agree. I think it's Definitely. most pressure's on Baker Mayfield, not because he had a letdown last week, because he didn't. He had no wideouts in that game versus New York, and New York is uh, is was coming into that game a really good one-loss team in terms of one-loss teams we've ever seen. They weren't a really good team. In terms of one-loss teams, they were dangerous, right? And now they've won two in a row. But he was without his entire wide receiver core due to COVID protocols. That made a, a rushing attack that's typically dangerous very predictable because they knew they weren't going to throw the football stack the box. They didn't break 100 yards rushing uh, season lows for their running backs in that game. Uh, a dynamic offense became very one-dimensional. Baker couldn't win the game. It's the most pressure on Baker because all of it has come to this moment. All this the culture change, Kevin Stefanski, the empty promises from a year ago, the nightmare that was with Freddie Kitchens, uh, you see Baker Mayfield all in the videos with the commercials. I love those commercials. I think they are hilarious. pretty good commercials. But the time is now to actually pay it off. Cleveland Browns fans know what's been missing. Postseason football. They know the hype train has been real. It's been really fun all season long. But it's come to a halt at this point. Baker Mayfield goes out there and wins this game, delivers the playoffs. Wow, are we looking at the Browns differently? And Baker Mayfield has earned a very important star in this one. Hey, I don't disagree at all. Let's get to Sports Center.
Sam Merrill pulls up for three. There it is. The record. Sam Merrill, the Utah State Aggie, hits the 28th three-pointer in the game for the Bucks. That is an all-time record. Wow. Thank you to WTMJ for that. So the Bucks made 29 threes against the Heat last night. Milwaukee set the single-game NBA record for three-point field goals made with 29 in a 144-97 victory over Miami. The only Bucks player to play in the game and not knock down a three was reigning MVP and Defensive Player of the Year Giannis Antetokounmpo. Drew Holiday led the way with six. Grizzlies guard John Moran is out likely for three to five weeks. An MRI on Tuesday revealed the severity of the grade two sprain after initial x-rays on Monday night showed no fracture. Arizona men's basketball self-imposes a one-year postseason ban. The decision comes as a result of the NCAA investigation stemming from the 2017 federal investigation into corruption in college basketball and college basketball recruiting. ESPN and The Athletic reported in October that Arizona had been hit with nine NCAA violations, including five level one allegations. SportsCenter is presented by Progressive Insurance. You could save big when you bundle your auto, home, and motorcycle, RV, or boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Thank you to WDVE for that. Nailed it. <laughs> Shut up. Do you have to do that? <laughs> Nailed it. I'm going to do that to you now and you stutter over something. It is the morning. Today, Junior. <laughs> I can't drink coffee because I'm pregnant. It's a pain in the butt. I mean, it's just. You look great, though. Give me you a minute. You sound great. My You're doing God. great. Your boy's about to join us right now. <laughs> My boy. Chill out. Our boy. <laughs> Let's welcome in Ryan Clark, NFL analyst here at ESPN. He joins us on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning to you, Ryan Clark. So the big news, I hope you're nicer to your wife than my husband is to me. (laughs) (laughs) So the big news as of yesterday was that Big Ben Rosseberger will not play in Week 17. According to Mike Tomlin, they're going to rest their starting quarterback. What do you make of that decision? You know what? Obviously, Coach T can make any decision that he wants. I mean, he's earned that right. But when you look at where the Pittsburgh Steelers stand in the playoffs and the way that the playoffs are structured this year, I think rest is most important. And listen, this is the team that's – uh-oh. Uh-oh. You good? Ryan? I think we lost Ryan. We'll, we pick, we'll pick up while we're, yeah. we're getting Ryan we'll back. We'll wait till we get him back. I'm really curious to see what Ryan ultimately is going to say here about this one because as a former athlete – uh, and, and a former captain of the Steelers. I know he probably wants to go out there and play every game, but also he understands as well as anybody that it's a marathon, not a sprint. And if you want to be able to be in position to do the things that you want, uh, which the money's really made in the postseason, you got to prepare yourselves mentally, but most important, physically. Uh, and I think we do have Ryan back now. Go ahead, Shane. Hey, Ryan. Go ahead. Ryan, you there? Ah, he's ah! back. Gosh. <laughs> Listen, it's not 2020 without a few tech technological issues yes. and I start the morning off with my first time my first segment and I just totally lose you guys and I was rolling if you could have heard what I said before the phone beeped in my ear you guys would have been amazed like it was Run probably it back. some of the best analysis you know what bro I forgot it it's, I'm old 41 man I forget things okay I got kids man stuff. All, all we want to know is what you think about Ben Roethlisberger having to sit in week 17 do you like it or do you not like it you know what? I, I like it. I probably like the fact that Mason Rudolph could actually be the the quarterback that truly ends the Cleveland Browns' opportunity to get in the playoffs. I think that's cool. Um, 
But on the other side of it, listen, th- th- this playoffs is different, right? The the first seed is the only seed. The number one seed is the only seed with a bye. You can't get that if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers. You're, the home field advantage is not as huge this year as it is in other years. So you don't have to play your guys in hopes that the Buffalo Bills lose and you win and you can get that spot. But rest is at a premium. For the Pittsburgh Steelers, we've seen Ben look a little old. We've seen Ben look a little tired. I mean, and I'm not just talking about the way his body is built. I'm talking about just actually his arm, actually his play. And so to give Ben this opportunity to get a bye week when you haven't had one the entire season because of some COVID issues on other teams, you know, you think that's the smart thing to do. Coach Tomlin is prioritizing the things he needs to prioritize. And I think at the top of that list is rest for some of his main players, and Ben Roethlisberger obviously being number one on the list for Coach Tomlin. I'm not going to go here, but I think I'm going to go here. Okay. I feel like the Steelers are Hilaria Baldwin. I feel like the Steelers are Hilaria Baldwin in terms of uh, we, we thought they were one thing, but they're not. And the Steelers at 11-0, and, and and the Hilaria Baldwin reference, look that one up, Ryan. It'll make sense. At yeah, 11 I, no, I, bro, no idea. No idea. At 11-0, no it's a pop culture reference, and it's very timely in this 24-hour yeah, news cycle. It is. Um, Can I'll, I just tell him for a minute? It's no, Alec no. Baldwin's Please wife. Please tell me. Just, it's Alec Baldwin's wife okay. essentially pretending to have a Let Spanish him look it up. He can look it up. We don't have okay, much time in the segment here. And most people just the, don't know. The Steelers are 11-0, and 0, Ryan, at one point, and everybody was high on his team. But I know you've kept it real about the Steelers I still don't believe that they can win a game in the postseason I think that they looked a certain way one at one point but it's not who they really are and now they're exposed despite the fact that how they looked in the second half versus the Colts Uh, what do you expect for this team in the postseason you know what I I think I, I expect what you saw in the second half not from a production standpoint right not from necessarily scoring those type of points or Big Ben having those type of statistics or Big Ben not being touched on 29 dropbacks. But I expect that type of fight. You know, I expect that type of championship medal to come out of the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and that defense. But before last week, in in the way they had played probably the last, you know, two and a half games, I thought to myself, there's no way this team beats a playoff caliber team. But they did. And so I still don't look at them as an AFC contender. I don't think this team makes it to the AFC championship. But I do think they have what it takes to win a first-round game. I do think they can find ways to put enough offense together to make enough plays down the field after kind of seeing the way this team has to play now. Understanding that it can't be checked down Charlie the whole time. I thought Charlie Batch retired a long time ago. And now we're seeing Ben Roethlisberger in some ways play that way. They understand they got to push the ball down the field. The defense has to put pressure on the quarterback. They have to turn the football over. And those are reasons they won early on in the season. If they can get back to that, I can see them winning the the wild card game or the first week game of the playoffs and then having a tough fight the next week, whether it be in Buffalo or wherever they would have to play. Ryan, I really feel like there's a, a, at least a, these reports and, and the things I'm hearing and reading about that there's a, a push and pull between uh, the offensive coordinator Randy Feetner and, and Ben Big Ben and wanting to call plays and, and it seemed like Big Ben took over the play calling, writing those plays up in the dirt like he was talking about in the second half, which led them to ultimately getting things going, overcoming that 17 point deficit and beating the Colts. Is there any truth to maybe Big Ben should be the one calling the plays here down the stretch if they want to win games? Well, first off, hell no. That's not how it works. You know that, dog. Like, don't do not do that. That's not how it works. Um, but I think when you, have a, when you have a guy kind of who played that long, who's played that long, and listen, I, I was on the team 
and Randy was the wide receivers coach. And he's kind of moved around and moved up to get the offensive coordinator position. And, you know, sometimes when you're a quarterback and you're almost 40 and you've played over a decade and a half and you've watched a coach grow up, you almost feel like he's your teammate more so more so than your offensive coordinator. And so I think there should be collaborations about what you feel, about what works for you, about what plays you want to go to and what situations. And if Ben is willing to put that work in, willing to be in the building that much, I think he should be a part of game planning. Uh, but when it comes to play calling, I mean, Randy Fickner has the job for a reason. He has the title for a reason. And I think we all kind of get wrapped up in like teams that come back when they're in the hurry up and when, when, when quarterbacks are calling plays at the offensive line of scrimmage, but they still get stuff in their ear. They're, they still get opportunities to survey what's going on. And I don't necessarily know if we can put all of that on Ben Roethlisberger, but what Randy Fickner should take away from that is that they can push the ball down the field, that it does give them opportunities to get pass interference calls like we saw against the Indianapolis Colts. And that's the only way that this team can win. And so I think they go into the playoffs with an understanding of who they are from a play-calling standpoint, but it still should be Randy Fickner that pulls the, the, the trigger on what plays they should run, what type of scheme it should be, because that's what he's paid to do. Ryan, earlier we were talking about Cam Newton's future. It's up in the air in terms of him staying in New England or going elsewhere, but I guess the question I would ask to you is, do you think Cam Newton is worthy of being a starting quarterback next year in the NFL? You know, this is not the type of questions I like to answer on early Wednesday mornings. Uh, I like the, the the more easy softball, cabbage ball, underhand type questions. You know, not the fastball you just threw me because it, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to watch Cam Newton throw a football and go, "Gosh, that looks good," mm-hmm. or "Man, wouldn't he be great if he was on such and such team?" It's hard to say that, um, and so I don't know. You know, I I, I don't think. Any team goes in the next season with saying Cam Newton is our unquestioned starter. Maybe he gets an opportunity to compete somewhere. Maybe you find a place where the starter isn't necessarily cemented and you can give him an opportunity, but then you have to weigh the options or weigh the the consequences of having Cam Newton in your building and not being the starter. And so I think it's going to be extremely difficult. The one thing you do hear out of New England is that they love the way he works. They love the person. They love the professional. And if those things weigh heavily enough and the New England Patriots don't necessarily get their guy at quarterback, then maybe he can come back there because they've gotten to see him work day in and day out. But when you turn on the film, many of the things and many of the reasons he probably was picked up so late, the reasons that all 32 teams passed on him at one time, we kind of start to see some of those things. Balls skipping into the ground, errant throws on short passes, no efficiency or no accuracy down the field. And if you can't do those things, then you kind of can't play quarterback well in this league. And those people don't have the benefit of seeing him work every day. Fair enough. It wasn't a fastball. He handled handled that fastball well. He's already, you know, he had a home run. Perfect. Uh, Ryan Clark, thanks so much for uh, your time this morning. Pete that story, though, Ryan. Pete that story. It's going to blow your mind, man. Yeah, I got to now, bro, because you you can't throw, like, pop culture references to me on Culture Wednesday that aren't about black people. Like, that's the way it works. Oh, snap. It is Culture Wednesday. I'll get up. We got to make sure we, we lock in. My bad, bro. My bad. Um, Have a good one, dog. <laughs> See, uh, you can get more from Ryan and get up at 8 a.m. Eastern. All right, coming up next, how hot is Doug Peterson's seat in Philly? Could be cooler than you think.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Just tell your smart speaker to play ESPN. We are Shay and Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys today, tomorrow. So come hang out with us. We're presented by Progressive Insurance and all guests of Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Join us via the Goodyear hotline. So earlier this week, um, Doug Peterson was essentially asked if he feels like he's going to be in Philadelphia going forward. And he feels confident that he definitely is. However, um, to Philadelphia Eagles fans who have the patience of like a two-year-old, they don't want Doug Peterson in Philadelphia much longer because they feel like it has been his fault. And I'm speaking for Philadelphia Eagle fans, and I'm not one of them, so I guess I shouldn't be saying it in this kind of It's going to be tough for you to get a Philly cheesesteak in Philly. I'll find that. Don't worry. I will find a way. I will find a way. Talking real reckless over there. But it's true. They've been calling for his head for a long time. I understand it because I grew up in Chicago and you just have a short lease lease for tolerance. Like when you aren't winning football games and you're losing in, in quote unquote embarrassing fashion and your quarterback you paid all this money doesn't look right, doesn't look good. You naturally blame the head coach. I understand that. I'm half joking about the patience of a two year old, but also partly serious. So what I do. What I do is I look and I think, okay, well, let's think about realistically what has happened this year. There are double-digit players on IR. There have been issues to your offensive line. Your quarterback doesn't look right in Carson Wentz, but you have a very viable backup in Jalen Hurts going forward. Um, Your weapons, who you claimed were going to be more speedy and were going to score more points, multiples of them had injury issues, and your running back was out the first couple of weeks. On top of that, you just won a Super Bowl three seasons ago. Not even three full seasons ago. A Super Bowl. We're not talking about you just went on a long run in the playoffs or you made the postseason. A Super Bowl. So what I don't understand is why all of this falls on Doug Peterson's shoulders. Sure, has he made some missteps along the way? Everyone does. We're all humans, okay? Is, should his seat be warm next year? Of course. I get that. They're not going to tolerate losing in Philadelphia. They throw things and boo Santa Claus. I get it. But this year, the cookie has crumbled in a way no one could have probably foreseen happening, especially in a very weak division. And I know that probably adds fury to the fire, considering you were the first team eliminated in that weak division. Yet still, who could have predicted the amount of injuries and the issues and COVID-19 happening this year? You mentioned the Super Bowl from three seasons ago. The Eagles won the NFC East last year. Mm-hmm. Year before that, didn't they beat the Bears in the playoffs? They got to the playoffs again. The double doink. Yes. Two Thank years you for ago. reminding me. So it's not like it was a flash in the pan Super Bowl win and then there was nothing. Right. There's two playoff bursts that came after that Super Bowl in 2017 for the Eagles. It's gone really poorly this year. It's also a funky year. Carson Wentz doesn't look like who he used to be. 
all the opt outs, all the or all the injuries there in, in Philly have had this guy fearing for his life when he drops back and throws, and I think it's impacted who Carson Wentz has been this season. What it comes down to is when you have a, a, a season that goes down as one of the worst in, in recent history for the Eagles, when you sit here at 4-10, somebody is going to have to go. Of course. I understand. To me, I think it should be Howie Roseman, If some, the GM. If somebody you can look at and say, I think the missteps from there are too, uh, too egregious where if we're going to have to cut ties with somebody, aside from an offensive coordinator, it's got to be Howie Roseman before it's Doug Peterson, before it's even Carson Wentz. Although it seems like Carson Wentz to Indianapolis continues to gain a little bit more traction, they'd be willing to take that contract. Frank Reich, who was once the coordinator for Wentz, might want to work with him down there to replace Phillip Rivers. There's going to be some changes, but it shouldn't be Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has the trust of the team, maybe to a fault, as we've seen uh, some penalties, um, some unmotivated play. Uh, maybe they've abused that player-coach relationship a little bit and it's made him look bad. But I go to it's COVID. It's been an unusual season there. The last three seasons speak for themselves. Yes, he's an offensive mind, and the offensive creativity has been lacking this year. Um, but I think a lot plays to where they go at quarterback. If it's Jalen Hurts moving forward, do they feel like Doug Peterson has a good feel for Jalen Hurts and his ability to use him more? Do you give Doug Peterson more power in no, the draft no. to make decisions in the draft, to mold a team that he sees that will work best for him? Doug Peterson seems very confident he's coming back, which says to me, I think he's he probably coming back for all the reasons that we mentioned. But who else returns with him, and what is going to be the path for the Eagles moving forward is my biggest question. Is Carson the quarterback? Will Doug Peterson have more influence on the draft? Because they've made some pretty suspect decisions in terms of Rieger before Justin Jefferson in the draft. I mean, that's a hard one to stomach. Jalen Hurts as your second-round pick. I, I, but don't sell don't sell a rookie like Jalen Rieger short. He could be a very good quarterback You see what Justin forward. Jefferson's doing? Sure. He's the best rookie wide receiver right now in the National Football but the, League. But These are misses. And, and is Doug Peterson... I, I'm going the opposite way, clearly. I'm saying maybe you give Doug an opportunity to have more decisions in drafting and, and in places like that. Doug Peterson's your guy is my point. Don't let this season, which has been an anomaly both at the quarterback position with injury, with COVID, and with a resume for Doug Peterson that speaks for itself in the last four seasons, the three prior to this one, don't make a knee-jerk reaction. The grass is not greener. No, I, Doug I, Peterson should be your coach. On top of that, think about how many vacancies there are in in the entire NFL this year, not only at head coach, at GM, at coordinator positions. As you mentioned, the grass is just not greener. You were just in the Super Bowl. You had just won your division. You were just in the playoffs. This is not your year. It happens, okay? Your quarterback isn't playing to his potential. Have a quarterback competition this summer and figure out what you want to do. Would you keep once? No. Not with that contract. Not with that kind of money. But Especially you have to. Indianapolis might be well, an, inter- an interesting. If someone will take buy her. it out, I'd get rid. But if you have, if you're forced to keep it, I would. I mean, it's so that's so much money. Yeah. I would definitely. What I would do if I have to keep the contract is definitely have a quarterback. I competition. just think there's one team that may want to take that contract, and it may Maybe be the right. Colts. And if so, wow, what a clean, what a clean break. And I think you've seen enough from Jalen Hurts to to think that he could be a capable starter going forward without a doubt. So the question is, will Bill Belichick ever win a Super Bowl in New England again? That's coming up next. You're listening to Keyshawn, Jay Will, and Zubin on ESPN Radio. 
and on the ESPN app. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio. 